Hey, it's Dr. Michael Rich, the pediatrician. I'm a practicing pediatrician, a child health researcher, and as a lifelong filmmaker, I understand how powerfully screens engage and change us all. As a doctor who takes care of kids, I see how many of them from infancy right through adolescence struggle with their relationship with screens, whether it be their smartphone or a television. And I also see the deep concern that many parents have that the media their kids are using may be affecting their physical, mental, and social health. So I try to bring these two worlds together to really understand and help parents learn how to raise healthy, happy, productive children in a world filled with digital screens. Mediatrics educator Christelle Lavalle joins me here each week to address your questions. I happily do it. Thank you, Michael. So this week we hear from Logan, a dad based in Beverly, Massachusetts, who says, I've been begging my teen son not to text while driving, but I know he does it anyway. What can I do to get him to stop? So, Michael, before you jump in, I have to make a quick <laughs> note here that I know Logan sent us this question via his iPhone because it was marked that way in his email signature. And all I could think was that I really, really hope he didn't send it from his car. So I'm just going to give you, Logan, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here and, and save parental modeling for another mediatrician question, or maybe we can weave it in here. But okay, Michael, <laughs> how can we well, help him out? I'm glad you noted that emailing while driving is just as dangerous as texting while driving. <laughs> yes, but, it is. But let's think about what that risk is. Uh, distracted driving with a phone is as dangerous as drunk driving. Yeah. It's a serious health risk and one that health and legal professionals are paying attention to now. An interesting thing is that 69% of 18 to 64-year-olds say they've texted while driving in the last month. I feel like that number is almost higher. I think 69% well, is high, but I... Here's the interesting thing. When you break that down, the 16 to 24-year-olds are texting more than twice as much as the... 25 to 69-year-olds. Oh, wow. So, and they're the new drivers. Exactly. They just got their license. Exactly. In fact, 16 to 24-year-old drivers can't even rent a car. Oh, because even without smartphones, the risk to the rental car company of loss is greater up until the age of 25 than the oh, wow. benefit yeah. they will get from renting that car. So... We have to really think about this. The National Transportation Safety Board has found that when you have a cell phone and drive, you're 23 times more likely to have an accident. Wait, what? 23 times more 23 likely? 23 times. And Yikes, that issue, you hear that, Logan son? 23 times more. And the issue has come up again and again in Massachusetts where even teens have been convicted of causing a fatal car crash while texting. As if driving in Massachusetts wasn't dangerous enough. Absolutely. Stories involving court cases and state prohibitions on texting and driving may not get the attention that Logan is looking for for his son because many adolescents feel that they can walk on water and they're <laughs> bulletproof. They are invincible. This is very characteristic for this stage of life. So we need to take it a step further for him. And interestingly... He's less fearful of 
of dying in a car crash than he is of losing his license because <laughs> of a car crash. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I find that with smoking with, with kids, kids who are smoking. Vaping. <laughs> or vaping. You know, you can't talk to them about heart disease or lung cancer or emphysema because that happens to old people. But oh, when you say not, to, not them, but <laughs> not them. If the you people. say to them, nobody wants to kiss somebody who's been smoking. That has an effect. That hits home, right? They absolutely. want the girlfriend. They want the boyfriend. <laughs> exactly. They want. They want the immediate results of what they do. They need to think that way in 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 the moment. Um, so I basically say to a kid who's smoking, you know, kissing you is like sticking your tongue into an ashtray. Oh my god! Right? <laughs> it's I'll do anything to get them to stop smoking. So I'm pretty shameless that way. But he's not able to fully process long-term consequences of his behavior, and so that idea of an accident that may be fatal or or injure someone is just not that real to him. Okay, so knowing that and knowing where, you know, Logan's son's brain's at, how is Logan supposed to get through to him? Well, understand that you need to speak in immediate consequences or short-term consequences that would make sense. And while it's important to talk about all those very real dangers, maybe the most important thing to him is losing his license. <gasps> Death to a teen. And being able to drive. <laughs> And in one of the cases in Massachusetts, a young man who was convicted of vehicular homicide because he was texting and actually killed someone had his license revoked for 15 years, right? He's in his mid-30s by the time he actually gets to drive again. Think about how that affects his employment possibilities, how that affects his social life, and how that affects his self-esteem. Oh, yeah. No, I think the idea of losing a license for any amount of time, certainly 15 years, but almost any amount of time, would definitely hit hard for, for any teen. I mean, adults, too. I can't imagine losing my license for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, so work with your son to establish clear rules for his cell phone use in the car. There are many apps now that, do, that deactivate the phone while driving, um, but often they have a pop-off valve where you can push the button and say, I'm a passenger or I'm not driving, and people will still push it while they're driving. But help him understand that while he can have his cell phone and car, he is much safer, and a lot of innocent people out there around him are much safer if he has it turned off, and even safer if it's turned off and put in the glove box. Mm, um, out of sight, out of mind. Absolutely. And... Ask him what would help him keep his eyes and attention on the road. Now, here's an interesting thing. A study was done that looked at the effects of using a cell phone while driving. And, of course, the greater risk was happening while they were on the phone talking. That, that risk didn't stop when they ended the phone call. That risk continued for up to five minutes after the phone call was over because they were still thinking about the content of that call. That's no way, really. Right. They were still their brains distracted were just, yeah. in another wow. place. And, and so it's not just the fact that your hands are being used either to text or to hold the phone to your ear, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's where your attention is. So Not on the road. And hands-free is not a solution. 
Huh. So hands-free distracts that you is interesting. almost as much as having the phone in your hand. Think about his long-term and short-term consequences with him and talk with him directly about what consequences there should be should he use the phone while driving and hopefully even use the phone while driving and have nothing happen but to help him become aware that he is self-regulating that use. You're not there looking over him at every moment. But if you look at the cell phone bill and you see that during times when he was driving, there was cell phone use, talk to him about it and understand that with him, that there are consequences, but decide with him in advance what he thinks should happen if he abuses that responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, I I love that idea, Michael. I really like the idea of making this a collaborative process for Logan to kind of empower his son by having him integrate his own ideas, you know, whatever his son kind of comes up with as a punishment. Right, that gives his son ownership of the behavior and of the consequences, and it turns it from being a punishment into a responsibility. I I like that. I think that's very powerful. Logan, you should use that. <laughs> um, but I just do really, really quickly, I want to loop back to modeling just really quickly because we might have gotten this from, from a text, <laughs> from the car. So what can you say to Logan just really quickly about modeling those behaviors for his son? Be the change you want to see, hmm. right? This Short is and sweet. Back to, back to the fact that your son listens to maybe 1% of what you say, but 100% of what you do. So don't have a double standard here. Behave the way you want your son to behave, and he will follow that far more closely than any lecture you can give him. Sage advice, sage advice. But Logan, we will give you the benefit of the doubt that you did not send us that email while driving, and we thank you so much for sharing it with us. So... For you, our beloved listeners, if you would like to find out more about these health topics and our resources, you can visit askthemediatrician.org. You can also connect with our very own mediatrician on Twitter at mediatrician and submit your own question at askthemediatrician.org. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe and share this podcast. Enjoy your media and use them wisely, hopefully not while rolling down the road. And enjoy your children and teach them to use them wisely as well. Ask the Mediatrician is hosted by Dr. Michael Rich. Joined by pediatrics educator Christelle LaValle. Jill R. Cavanaugh is our Chief Knowledge Officer. Original music composed by Christopher Cerf. Podcast and music recorded, mixed, and edited at Saturn Sound Studios. Executive producer, Alicia Haywood. Alicia Haywood.